Hello and welcome to another episode of POV with Gwen. This is your host Gwen Singer and today I'm so thrilled to be sitting down to interview an iconic actor, stand-up comedian, writer, director, and producer with over four decades in the industry and with, in my opinion, one of the greatest voices I've ever heard. Best known for his role as Seinfeld creator Larry David's manager on the Emmy award-winning series Curb Your Enthusiasm, Jeff Garland. We're so happy to have you. Where to begin? Okay. So I want to start right. off with this voice lesson you talked about and Wally. Yeah. Why'd you lose your voice doing Wally? Uh, well, because I, I, I didn't understand that when you yell or overuse your voice that you can blow it out. I worked three years on that movie and I blew out my, uh, yeah, blew out my throat. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're so I go to a, I go to a voice doctor. I go to a voice lesson. I have to, I'm, I got an MRI next week. I got a lot of stuff with it. And this is how I make my money, you know, so I can't, this is key to whatever I do. Although I write also, and yeah. you don't need to have a voice to write, but you need to have a voice to write. A point <laughs> of view. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that's actually my intro for you. One yes. of my, what I, I introduced you as one of the greatest voices I've ever heard. Oh, and yeah, right. well, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, it's become very distinct from Wally, and I've done other Toy Story stuff after, and you know, working however I work, my voice is very distinct. As a matter of fact, when I go to the grocery store, if I was wearing a mask during the pandemic or even if I'm not, and I'm just at the register, the minute I start talking is when people come up to me. Wow. If I don't say anything, I'm pretty good. Yeah. You know, I never became conscious of the uh, the impact of a voice right. with with not not only as an entertainer, right. but um, but even overall attraction for right. me. Like uh, uh, with my with what I do, which is what the fuck do I do? I do all kinds of shit, right? Obviously, right. Um, but my voice. It's not until I start speaking that I kind of it, it, there's a different reaction, and so that's right. what I'm doing with the podcast is hopefully developing my voice. And well, you and, have a, you have an excellent voice for broadcasting, uh, and I wanted to be a broadcaster once upon a time. Well, that your voice is really it's deep. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank sure. you very much. Who knows? Maybe if it's in my budget, which is like, ha ha, your voice coach, pass him over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I had trouble getting in with him. He's like... Um, <laughs> These voice coaches, yeah, there's yeah, no he's joke. he's something. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk... There's so many places to begin. So I had six pages. So you're like, which ones do I remember? Well, tell the audience <laughs> what I did when I came so, in. So, okay. So Jeff came in and it was, it's always great when you start off a podcast, like with like, I told you not to send me questions. I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in trouble. Um, <laughs> By but, the way, generally... I'll cancel the podcast. If I oh. tell somebody now to ask, send questions and they send questions, oh. I'll go, I'm not doing it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. um, I didn't I do that. By you, the, I was joking. But I told you back then, conversation. Mm. Do not, you do that. Your, if you stick to questions and you look at the paper, your podcast will never go anywhere. Totally true. Totally. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, this yeah. is a conversation. And that's yeah. the secret of Joe's, who I, I listened yeah. to your conversation on Joe's. And Joe's? Yeah. Joe Rogan. Oh, Joe Rogan. Okay, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's conversation. Conversation. Well, well, let's start. Okay. Let's start. We already have. What <laughs> yeah. a unit. <laughs> well, okay. So you start. I know that you. And start. I have a natural curiosity. So I'm going to have questions for you as well. Oh, please. Okay. You know, I do regret that more of my guests don't send it back this way because it oh, is. I'm of sending course, it back. You'll send see. it on back. It's my nature. All right. All Pong, yo. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, so you want? I know that you've wanted to act since you were. Or I'm sorry. Stand up comedy has been an interest since you were. Comedy young. period. Acting. Comedy. Whatever period. it is, as long as it's. Uh, since you were I, eight. 
Eight years old. Yes, that's when I, well, I was always the class clown, even younger than eight, even like nursery school and pre-K, all that stuff. But I didn't know it was a job until I was eight. I went to see this comedian, Jimmy Durante, in concert, not concert, at a nightclub in Chicago. My parents took me, I was eight years old, on the way home, because I was so in love with the audience's reaction, the performer with Jimmy Durante himself, the whole thing. And on my way home, I asked uh, my parents, is that a job? And they said, yes. I said, that's the job that I want. Wow. You know, it's interesting because it's unusual, I think, that parents bring their kids to stand-up comedy shows. Is well, that... yeah, in general, yeah. It was really cool that my parents did that. It is really cool. And they knew. Yeah. I think they knew you were a comedian or that you had no, interest in comedy. No, they were very apprehensive. Like when I said it at eight, they chuckled. But as it got more and more serious, you know, I started when I was 20, like officially starting. They were not thrilled. Oh, really? What did they want for you? You know, look, modern day Jewish parents want their kids to be a lawyer, a doctor, a businessman. And uh, I'm none of those. (laughs) I mean, I am a businessman from the standpoint of, you know, uh, I know what I'm worth. I know what I charge. Although in the fall... This coming fall, I'm going on a tour called the Use Me Tour off the Bill Withers song, Use Me, uh, which I will play uh, every at the end of every show. Um, you know, I'm going out to clubs all around the country for free. I know. I read that. Yeah. So you did announce that this is yeah. to benefit clubs, clubs. hit hard by yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, pandem- every, every club. So I wish I could do more, but I can only do so much. But between uh, September and December... I will be every weekend on the road at a different club, different part of the country, performing for free. That being said... Oh, you're performing for free, you, but they'll clubs are charging. Yeah, they'll charge the yeah, audience. Good, good, good. So they get their money. It's like getting me yeah, for free. So they'll make some good money. They have to pay, because I didn't volunteer an opening act to work for free. They have to pay my opening act. I pay for the opening act's travel and hotels for both wow. of us. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So how did you pick which clubs? I didn't. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't. My uh, agent did. So you kick I off- said, who could really benefit from this? This is fantastic, first yeah. of all. I think that's really incredible. Yeah. Uh, I know it kicks off in Minneapolis. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then when does it, when do we get to see it? Uh, it will. In LA. Well, no, I'll start performing in LA to get ready for, to, for a sort of a get ready tour. The longest I ever went without performing, doing stand up, was two weeks prior to the pandemic. Post pandemic, because I was taking a break before the pandemic hit. Post-pandemic, uh, a, a year and a half. Wow. Well, actually, it'll be longer. Yeah. Wow. So um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be wonderful. I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it'll be wonderful. Can you tell I'm me? I'm also an improviser, so it's not like I have to prepare anything. I just go That's up and right. start You talking. don't prepare for your shows. That's what I've heard No, this. I just go up and start talking. The only thing I prepare for is most every night I play a different song to walk up to. Something that's not too cool. Like I wouldn't play Hendrix or zeppelin you know to walk up it's like ah, i'm not cool enough to walk up to that <laughs> but but if a song and then i just start talking about or the maybe song. that's kind of too easy and it's not that cool like well no no it's, it's like you look like an idiot yeah like i'm a bad you look cooler and, going for something a little yeah, less cool in my yeah, opinion i think so too the song i'm actually going to do on the tour i know i'm opening the show with the same song and i'm ending the show with bill weathers use, use me. me yeah and I the opening song is a theme from rawhide hold on okay 
it's uh i'll walk out to this song and you tell me if this isn't crazy you're gonna get my blood flowing right now okay let's uh, go well, that depends on you he's like <laughs> i feel in. like there's judgment in that response no 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 you know do you yeah. know right away like when you do that the response do you, do you to this initial walkout song do you kind of have an idea where the show's going as far as the audience yes yeah i know very early on here's the thing rarely do i mean i have bombed a thousand times so i don't want to act like i've never bombed but i rarely bomb because there's two aspects to my show there's craft and there's art. The craft part is what I learned and put my work in. So when I go up and the audience isn't that great, I have enough craft. I know my craft well enough that I can have a good show and they won't know that it sucked and I fucking hated it. <laughs> but the, art, the artistry comes in when the audience gives you energy mm. and gives you something to work with. Then it's joyful, more joyful for me and I will have a great time and that show is better. So I'm at the mercy of the audience even though they don't know it oh my god that's uh, that's for me it's funny that how relatable that is just as a podcast host right. because uh, the, my, my goal is even when oh my god this conversation i don't know how i feel about it, like a little snooze i i don't want my guest ever walking away feeling that any level of that right. and i'll probably cut that but <laughs> No, keep that. Keep that. I'm gonna keep, keep that. everything. Every no, no, guest is always great. Don't, don't, don't edit out what's bad. That's not bad. You yeah, know, fair. People, fair. Uh, that's honest. Uh, yeah. 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 And that's the biggest is one. That's actually one of the focuses or one of the, my biggest curiosities about you is that because I watched your interviews prior to this. So I uh -huh. continued the conversation with Holly. I, I liked you to have an idea of what I'm interested in, but I like better that you like to react to kind of, imp you know, I'm right natural. Here. I'm yeah. present. I'm enjoying your face. I'm, yeah, face. I'm enjoying yours. Thank you. I'm enjoying everybody's face. Lovely face. Yes, but you got to look at Sweet mine face. more. I do have to look yeah. at yours more. So, and that's not a punishment. <laughs> well, that's great news. Yeah, okay. You're a, you're a big bowl of lovely. <laughs> big yeah. bowl of So, yes, you say this phrase, this big bowl phrase. This was yes. your um, your photography exhibit. Big bowl. Oh, big bowl of wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, that's right. I had to come up with a name. I kept on not thinking. And then one day I was at... Um, the Leica Gallery, and she said, you, you got to give me a name. I went, Big Bowl of Wonderful. <laughs> so, okay, so Leica, you only shoot on a Leica? I, well, yes, my cameras are all Leicas. I don't have anything but Leicas. This is a Leica film camera, and so I'm going to take a picture okay, of it. Right in mid-podcast, guys. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to please send this to me before it airs if we no, can. No, it won't. It's film. I'm not going to send oh, it Oh, that's right. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, um, yeah, I, I'd love to photograph you another time. Um, I was going to introduce this idea. So how did I get so lucky that you said it? Oh, I placed, yeah. I somehow, I inceptioned oh, that fucking idea in your brain while well, you slept. Well, now it's not working, so. Well, I break cameras. Uh, <laughs> Even Leicas. Uh, how much do I owe you? I mean, I'll, I'll go, I'll <laughs> surrender my Mercedes out front for that camera. Uh, <laughs> so authenticity. Your yes, authenticity. authenticity. That's yes. what I'm so intrigued fr from. Yes. About, or, about. I've made that choice in life. When? It's a choice that, a, and I'm not saying this, it's a choice that a man makes. Every day. It, it's a choice that a woman makes. You have to be, live life to, like I approach everything now from a joy standpoint, not even from financial standpoint. I don't do gigs for the money anymore. Not that I'm independently wealthy, uh, I do well, but 
man, I, everything's about, is this going to be interesting? Is this going to be joyful? Otherwise, no, pass. One of the things- And by the way, you asking me questions, as bright and lovely as this room is, as beautiful as you are, I would have been bored out of my fucking mind. And I would have been like, shit, why did I say yes? <laughs> but right now it's delightful. We're having a nice conversation. Don't yeah. fuck up, don't fuck up. No, no, you're not going to fuck. Don't do that to yourself. You're not going to. <laughs> I got you. You have some really beautiful philosophies that, that about that. And that's something that I really personally identify with. And so while I haven't built my acclaim to, you know, my art, my contribution right. yet, and but I'm, but I'm taking- by the way it's not even like you have to contribute in a way that i do just i think it's great if people contribute every day in the littlest way yeah. when you go to the bank make the teller smile like even what are you doing every day and i say this to everyone to make the world a better place to make everyone else feel good and if everyone did that for everyone, everyone would feel good. And that's why, and obviously you've, you've done your research, you know what's very important to me, and it's thematic in my stand-up, thematic in my life, is to be kind to yourself. And what people never take into consideration when they hear, be nice to yourself, it's extraordinarily hard. Yeah. And I aspire to it, but I fail at it constantly. I can be mean to myself. But... If you're kind to yourself, how can you be an asshole to somebody else? It just doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, when you're centered and balanced, yeah. Exactly, there's, there's no part yes. Of you that's... So I aspire to that. I don't pretend that I've got <laughs> it down, but I aspire. Yeah, and, and and that's a lifelong, again, that's a lifelong journey. And, and yes. the goal is to really never reach that destination, is to always to be making an effort and steps. To, you know, oh, yeah, no, grow, right? you always want to be growing. I want to be growing when I'm 80. Yeah. But know? one thing that I did uh, really that, that interested me that you said on your episode with Joe Rogan on his cat, poor cat podcast is you mentioned that you... You said, what is it that you said? I'm trying not to look at my notes, but it was about no. luck and how you have a tendency, it, it, and, and I apologize because it's a little no. um, personal, but no, you know, I, in I'm your- good, you can ask me good, anything. Good, good, good. In your therapy sessions, you're like, I, I attribute so many things to luck. And my, my therapist had mentioned that I need to stop talking about how I am so lucky. Yes. So, so, you're, so it's both. That's very interesting. It's good. very interesting, right? Because no. you're talking about it's treating like, yourself like but, a friend. But, no, but, but, but it's also- Here's bigger themes, mm. which you may have heard me talk about. The two qualities that I aspire, that I, one is confidence in, in what I do. That took years to, to be supremely confident. With that, gratefulness, not ego. In other words, you could, I could sit down and go, look, I tricked you into coming here. I don't think you're funny. I want to investigate that. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> that's interesting. Great. Uh, you know, I'm going to do that I'm sometime. Not, I'm going to take one out of your well, book. I'm not for not everyone. Not with you. you know? uh, uh, um, so, but I am so grateful. Like, I'm not coming here today thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to do these people a favor. Or whatever. I am honestly feeling grateful to be here. That is so beautiful to hear. Yeah. I'm, I got to tell you. Otherwise I, think I, I, would, I Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> if I wasn't grateful, if I thought, nope. I stay home. What an enormous compliment that is. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I don't, it's not a competition, but I'm more grateful. So FYI, but, but, but I, I noticed that about you and that's something that really has intrigued me is, is that you very, very much like myself, that without, without a sense of ego, more of a pursuit of experiences and in, in, in different situations. And so here I am with this brand new podcast. And the reason this is such a big deal for me is because for the first time I'm venturing away from this two dimensional, not, you know, 
presence on the internet, right. but which has never been what I want to do. It did ca- it gave me the ability to have financial sure, freedom yeah. to now pursue what it is I give a shit about, or which has always been really the. There you go. Yeah. That's the journey, yeah. and it. I assume you're what twenty four. I like him more and more. <laughs> Are you still yeah, in your I, I mean, like, are, you still in your I mean, are we on the record or off the no, record? No, you can I cut still this make out. my money on like this. No, no, the, the, yeah, on the you're car. a gorgeous woman. Um. But I'm saying, <laughs> by the way, if there's one thing you learned from Instagram, this is the truth. You know, I just had a conversation with my girlfriend the other day about this, and I, because I know a lot of Instagram influencers, of course, and I know older actresses, Instagram influencers, and all they had because they didn't work at anything else is their beauty. So what if you woke up tomorrow and you're 54 years old? By the way, I'm letting you know something. 50s are delightful and you, you're still gonna be gorgeous. <laughs> 50s but, are the new 40s. I mean, but, I'm, but, I'm 31 but, by the way. 31, okay. Yeah. Well, by the way, you, you, everyone who's 31 looks great. It's not even a compliment <laughs> to say- I look I just, better than I did at 21. I, 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 I'm 50, I just turned 59. Yeah, that blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, but it's all the energy and everything you put out there. But as I sit here with you, all I'm thinking is, as we're talking is, well, this is a woman of substance. Wow. I wouldn't know that from your Instagram. Wow. Yeah, well. I would know your Instagram, <laughs> fuck is she hot. Yeah. But I also know, sitting here with you, you have substance. You're somebody. Wow. Wow. You're something. And you can do damage in this world. And if you relied only on the two-dimensional, here are my breasts, aren't they fucking fantastic? Look at my and they ass. are. Let's not, let's, for the record, they are fantastic. By the way, I your question. This is Did you need to say that? Favorite day. You didn't need to say For those who are just it's listening there's some people who are only listening okay oh only on spotify not for long <laughs> never who've never seen her <laughs> well that's what's so cool about this is that now so i'm so yes i'm channeling my traffic from my instagram to my podcast but what right. excites me is getting traffic from the podcast now to right. my instagram like what oh there you go that's what's cool because that'll i haven't be a, ever had that they'll both be surprising i hope so <laughs> by the way i don't find <laughs> i don't find beautiful women not in, uh, lacking in intelligence but you're you've got something. Well, thank you so much. Which but is I how will. you got recommended me. Yeah, Someone said yeah. those types of words to me, and wow. I was like, oh, okay. And then I went to your page, and I went, really? really? <laughs> I did. I swear to God, I did. And then I went, no, no, no. This is this is good. Let's cool, do this. Cool. Yeah. Well, I I really appreciate you you take you know taking that you know this this effort making this effort. Right. I know that you and I have some questions about this because I'm Ask sure. Ask them all. Yeah, I'm yeah. Good. Well, the pandemic I think may have changed this, but I know prior to the pandemic you're a homebody. Uh, uh no. Yes, I love being home more than anything. <laughs> I love my house. I love napping. I love my dog. I love to go in my pool. You love your guitars. I love my guitars. And your records. And my records and yeah. my camera. Uh, yeah, I dig all that. Um, I got, uh, I split with my wife like three and a half years ago. And I just didn't want to be taking women out to dinner. Not that I didn't want to. So when I met women or knew women, they would just come over and we'd hang out. You know, that, yeah. and with no plan, by the way, of like trying to get laid or any of that, just connecting, yeah, just connecting and talking and hanging. That was delightful. And I do love being at home and doing it. I don't, I don't like going out to dinner. I, I like yeah. lunch, dinner. Yeah. Eh, it's a little too, a lot of stuff going on. 
Well, yeah. so the interview that I had listened to, and I'm going to circle back to that point. Whatever about, you want, I'm just, about, and by the way, uh, whatever. <laughs> hey, you're a lot more practiced here, Kay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is my episode six, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so just to circle back what you said about beautiful women, it's not that there's any, you know, correlation between, like, or, you know, negative correlation between beauty and intelligence. But what I have found is that a lot of my beautiful friends who are intelligent don't show their intelligence, and that's the difference, is that oh, they yeah. just, so they rely more on that, and so it's, so when you say they don't show their intelligence, they, yeah. what do you mean by that? They well, have to have contact with other human beings. <laughs> do, they, do they just go, hi, well, take the my picture? <laughs> like, yet, when no one's around, they're like you. Hello, how are you? <laughs> no, no, no. When my picture's taken, I need to go to that hive. Hello, yes. No, no, no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> sneak my ass out? I'd be happy to. You know, I'm very intelligent. I wouldn't know that. You don't show that. I think it'll work now. Well, don't pose. Okay. Just, just. To answer your question. Um, this is manual focus. To answer your question, two things. I, they yeah. dumb it down, dumb themselves down. Okay. That yeah. I see. So, so first of all, be mindful that when I'm talking about these beautiful women, I'm talking about other creators like myself who are influencers, right? Who are, right. I have some friends who are known for being really, really gorgeous right. and who actually happen to have a brain and a sense of humor, but you, they never take the opportunity to show it. And mm. so mind you, while well, you've seen my Instagram and yes, my photos and everything, if you watch my stories, I do give a lot more of my personality and I do. Oh, Oh, share. Nice. Yeah, so I share more, but a lot of these girls, until I meet them in the flesh, I'm like, why don't you show this? You're hella cool. But all I think of, I, I dismissed you as just another girl who's right. just like got her head in the clouds, right? right? So it's, I think there's a certain confidence in showing intelligence, and there's kind of a fuck societal thing where some women think that that makes them less attractive. Right. And it's really odd to me. Well, I think that, uh, if I may, I think a lot of those women are in their head too much, and they've been in their head their whole life. And when you're beautiful, your high school years are usually pretty delightful. They just <laughs> fall that way. They do. They yeah. just fall that way. Yeah. And so I had dinner. I hear I'm going to name drop. I had dinner with a guy named Andrew Stanton who wrote and directed Wally, Finding Nemo. He's a brilliant guy. No kidding. Guy. Wow. And Peter Gabriel, who did the music, like the closing song for Wally. And our dinner, the theme of our dinner became adversity. Huh. And how adversity is a gift sometimes. Is a gift. No, no, it's always it's a always, gift. You don't it, want to, adversity, no, no, to a certain extent, but you want it. It depends what adversity we're talking about, okay? Right. Can we agree? I just got back from Kenya. I'm like, there ain't no way, no how he's getting out of that spot. Like, right. sorry, there's just no no dishwashing job, no, you know what I mean? And right. so I, that's why it was so important for me to experience what true adversity looks like. Well, but, that, that's not adversity. That's yeah. That's just horribleness yeah yeah, yeah there's yeah, a difference yeah. adversity is you can rise above adversity yeah. most adversity but that's just i mean maybe i'll rise above it or she or whoever you saw but that's just fucking yeah. terrible <laughs> yeah there's a difference yeah. between like if i had fucking terrible things which i have hit me over and over that's not adversity and if you yeah. rise up, it's very impressive. But that's not that, that what you're describing is just a big bowl of horribleness. Yeah, big bowl of the horrible circumstance. But adversity. So I'm the daughter of an immigrant. My mother is from the Philippines, right? Born to poverty. And she had this fucking hunger. My mom learned how to read by reading the Reader's Digest TV guide. Okay. My mom taught herself English. She was so hungry to learn because she's like, I don't want to be poor. And she believed in the American dream. So that gave her this hunger, right? Meanwhile, flash forward, she has a daughter born as a millennial, very millennial, right. income 
discomfort. And I'm telling you, like I snooze for a long time because the understanding is just the entitlement, like having a little bit more adversity, like my friends who've struggled with poverty gives you a hunger that you sometimes don't otherwise have. Some of my privileged friends, I live in LA, I can fucking, you know, Instagram model. I date some of these incredibly privileged guys where I have, and I've looked at some of them. And I'm like, dang man, that's a shame. You never had your struggle because you're lacking in that, that substance and that well, the depth. Yeah, depth. exactly. That's like, so you want somebody who's present, who's got debt. By the way, you go on a date, mm -hmm. okay? And you want, you, you hope that the man, I'm talking for you, not mm -hmm. just in general, that the man has a, a sense of humor and depth. Yes. But the other thing that I find people don't have is curiosity. You'll go at dinner and it's like, there's no conversation. Do you know why? The other person's not curious. Have you gone on a date and they never ask you anything about you? Oh, man. Oh, man. I, right? I, I, instead, of this is what I do. I'm like, so let me just tell you about me, asshole. You know? <laughs> but, like, but it's not even worth your time. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not, not worth your time. You should kick gas <laughs> at that point and have to go. Yeah. And, I think that's the biggest By the way, tell. imagine saying that. <laughs> Listen, I got terrible gas. I got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but by the way, that's a great Some guys story. might be into that. I no, no. Know. No, I think, I think some let guys... It, let it flow. Don't be scared by me saying to you, why did you ask that? I wasn't mad. Oh, no. I no, 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 no. I can no, be intimidating. No, no. I've only no, found I'm that out recently. No, I'm loving this. No, okay, this is good. great. I no, didn't <laughs> want you to feel bad. <laughs> All good, you know, Jake. But Jake the, wiped away the tears, and he's good now. No, we did a, we did a meditation exercise right before you came. You did? We, yeah. we never do that, I, by I the way. So just saying. Oh, transcendental. Okay, so yeah. tell me the difference. See, well, I don't know the difference. There's lots of meditations. <laughs> transcendental is about 20 minutes twice a day. You have your mantra. You float off. You just repeat the mantra. You think about things. You come back to your mantra. It's very effortless and delightful. Well, can I ask you a question? Because I, I know I do know that you meditate. I, we we oh, did yeah. talk about that. Um, However, it, I'm, I'm curious if there's a spiritual component or if this is purely just like a psychological self-help wellness. No, it's, it's, I would say it's neither. Okay. I'm not looking at it for a psychological help wellness and I'm not looking for spirituality, although I think I have spirituality. You know, my, my, you know, my belief in God is that there's something there. I don't know what it is and I don't know if what, certain Baptist, Jewish, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But I know I look at the universe as God. There's some yeah. there's some presence. And I don't look at it as an old man with a white <laughs> beard. I don't look at it as a woman. I don't know what it is. See, that's the thing. It's like I think it's arrogant to be... Um, convicted. Convicted? Convicted of, in your belief. Oh, conviction. Of, of no, I think it's arrogant. I, I Look... As much as people who don't believe in God attack people, like it's it's all of it's arrogant. Mm -hmm. Like I think just the universe, you know. But by the way, I have great respect for other people and their religions. And oh, and I get that. Is. I get but, that. But I truly believe uh, so much of it is just knowing that it's the universe. Like when mm -hmm. I see a breeze hit and the wind in the trees, I just go, oh, there's something. Yeah, yeah. It's not just me. See, I always have to think, I have to, that there's something bigger and more important than me at all times. It's humbling. That's the, but yeah. I told and you grounding. That. I said, but that's the key with confidence in what your skill set is. As a matter of fact, when I did my voice lesson yesterday, it's not only for 
vocal recovery, but I get offers to sing in movies. I get offers. Oh, do I you get, sing? I get Broadway offers. I have, but I'm not very good. What I'd like to do is get to a level with my singing that's even one-tenth of what I have as a comedian with comedy. Just give me some level of confidence. So that's what I'm working on. Because confidence with your skill set and confidence, delightful. I have to circle back to what you said about the universe and God because I have such a similar philosophy. It's funny. I often say I believe in the God, the universe, whatever word makes you more comfortable. I literally right. say that because they're one and the same. Right. And we're talking about multiple religions. It's I mean, what it was a different God over there than here with your religion? My, right. It's all exactly. the same shit, you know. Yes, and and exactly. sometimes and for a long time, the word God. Me, I come. I was agnostic, atheist for most of my life. Well, by the way, that's what I wanted to. I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. No, but I think atheism is arrogant. Yeah. It's as arrogant yeah. as somebody going. I believe in Jesus. Yeah. They're both kind of arrogant. Well, well, well. How, my thing is, how do you know? Yeah. See, what I like to say is, I have no clue. By the way, God might be Jesus. I don't know. God might be the Quran, might be all the truth. I don't know. I'm just really Or maybe the Mormons it. got it right, Jake. <laughs> maybe, by the way, be hilarious. I was on Celebrity... <laughs> I was on, you're Mormon, obviously. I, was, I grew up Mormon. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to laugh at this. I was on Celebrity Family Feud yesterday, which no I did. No way! Well, everybody got excited when I got offered it, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll do it. I had a ball. <laughs> I had a ball. Wait, so uh, who, but, yeah, but wait, who did you go on with? With your Who was your family? Yeah, your boys? No, 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 no family. It's three, it's not not Family Feud. I was on Family Feud. Was, <laughs> we, did okay. the, we did the Goldbergs versus Blackish. Oh, oh awesome. Okay, okay, okay. That was fun, but no. Celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Oh, okay. nice. Oh. And, yeah, and, and has that was, aired yet? No. It was yesterday. It'll air in the fall sometime. But uh, a young lady, I can't remember her name. She was a doll. She was beautiful, wonderful. She was on Glee. Mercedes. Was a character. Yes. Was a yeah. character. Yes. She was on with me. I love her. Oh, she's just wonderful. And she won. She kicked our ass. <laughs> but for you, my Mormon friend... Donny Osmond was the other guest. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Donny Osmond is a god in Utah. Maybe he might actually he be higher than Jesus. Is he really? Oh, wow. Mormons, yeah. And by the way, remarkable. 60, higher than he's Jesus. He's only a few years older than me, <laughs> and he's been in show business for 60 years. I've, wow. been, in, I've been doing it for 38. He's been doing No, 39 now. I got to get used to that. 39 years, but he's been over 60 years, and he's, I think, three albums short of the most albums ever made. Wow. wow. Yeah, the Osmonds in Utah so are like the Kennedys in the United States. I don't know. They're like a, the, the the power family yeah. in Utah. Well, it's they were, interesting. you know, always, yes. <laughs> I don't know if he has more than one wife. I'm guessing he does. No, no, he no. He could. Easily, yeah. yeah. Certainly more than one girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know why anyone <laughs> would want more than one girlfriend or more than one wife. <laughs> it's a time commitment, it's, that's for sure. Well, it's an emotional commitment. Right. To be, it takes work to be in a relationship. And when I say work, I'm talking about good work, nice work. A relationship should not be a pain in the ass. Right. You know, right. but it takes a lot of work. Energy, work, time. Energy. Yeah. Two wives? <laughs> More well, than think? three wives? Well, yeah. I'm sorry for yelling. <laughs> what? Right. Oh, I have two girlfriends I'm juggling? I got exhausted uh, for many reasons when I was doing all this dating and meeting. It was like, who knew? This is nuts. And none of them did I ever say was my girlfriend but, or. But what if, Jeff, but what if God tells you that you have to marry God's more than one? God's not telling me anything. <laughs> but that's what, I, wait, what? Uh, no, no, no. What? God, that's God what they is, told me. God has never told 
me anything. Well, that's literally I'm what he's told every other prophet. I'm believing <laughs> in the existence of God. And it's just, I believe it. You know, it's close to agnostic. Uh, because agnostic, at least they go, Hey, I, I know that I don't there know. Might, there, I, I don't know anything. Right. And that's kind of me. I, I like to believe that there's something, but I don't know anything. I'm Jeff Garland and I don't want three wives. There yeah. you, go. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> So, you know, I want to go back to what you said and, and just say that I disagree only because I don't think that you said, you said, I, you know, saying I believe in Jesus, that that's arrogant. I think, yes, to a certain extent, like, so saying I believe in no, Jesus. No, 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 no. I, 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 I use the word. I think it's more. There is Jesus. No, there's an arrogance on. Well, no, no. There, yeah, I that don't know. would be an arrogant statement I don't, no, no. to say, I know that there is Jesus, like, you know, Jesus is the way. But to say, I believe that there was Jesus, that's, you know, that's fine, that's right? Exactly. You know, because it's, it's your own your thing. thing. Yeah. Exactly. But imposing it on others, I think, is where what we're talking well, that, about. By the way, this uh, uh, with an atheist, so I'm, I'm performing at the comedy store. When? No, no, this is a while back. Oh, okay. This is probably like three, four years ago. And I see a guy with like a Star Trek pin. Or a necklace or something, some something. <laughs> some brooch go, of sorts. I go, you really like Star Trek? He goes, what are you talking about? I go, your thing. He goes, no, 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 that means I'm an atheist. I go, you wear something <laughs> to show I believe that in nothing. You believe in nothing? I don't get that. And he goes, yeah, when I walk down the street, I want people to know. And I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Have a, wear a Make America Great Again yeah. hat if you choose. Uh, it just was. Yeah. Uh, so I found that. Like the episode. Well, I said to him, the first thing I said to him, oh, you know there's no God. Let me ask you a quick question. Who killed Kennedy? Because that's an easier question than what you know. You know that there's no God, yet. President Kennedy was assassinated, and I really want to know what. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. You know you've got the no, answers. You know, there's no God. <laughs> That's big. Yeah. Please tell me. So that was. And my what a thing. way to live your life, though, with that certainty and that closed-mindedness of I already know. Or wearing a thing that you need to have other people know. Uh, hey, your faith is bullshit. Like, oh. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. I would never tell somebody that they're wrong. By the way, I wouldn't tell an atheist that they're wrong. But that's your belief, man. Don't don't be. Uh, bringing me into the festival. I'm hoping it works. <laughs> well, I want to, okay, going back to what you'd said about adversity, okay, and, you, and you'd said you haven't really experienced much, right? Or you said something to that No, effect. I've experienced lots of adversity. Well, how about... Career-wise, yeah. health-wise, love, a lot of unrequited loves in my life. No, mm. I have experienced adversity on every angle. I would like to talk about all of that adversity, honestly, okay. but but I would like to start off with the, I had heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you had had a stroke prior to the Yes, I had a Curb. stroke. No, I filmed the hour special of Curb, the, uh, the mm. pilot, if you will. And then I had back, sur I got in a car accident and I had back surgery after my car mm. accident and from the back surgery, stroke. And it was horrible. And one of the greatest gifts ever. I had a feeling that we would kind of, I, just based on everything that I had started to understand about you or learn about you in prior interviews. Thank you for that knowing you I'm listening to you as I put this together. <laughs> I have ADHD, so I think it helps me. I do too. I, so. Mine's massive. Minus two. I'm like, I'm not trying to compete with you here, but like, ask Jake and Sarah, I have to win this. <laughs> All right, by the way, 
told you I got no ego. You, yours I'm is like, way I'm worse. I'm like than my mine. ADHD ego is like <laughs> bigger than the room. Yeah, it's worse than mine. Right, <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just go with that. How's yeah, that? there we go. There, see, there we go. There we go. That works. Um, so, and I had a feeling that you are the type to take you know those experiences and learn from them. I'm curious what the silver lining was there. What you learned from it. How did it change your lifestyle and you as a person? Well, anything that can make you more human and more vulnerable, great. It made me more human and more vulnerable. And also. I got it where my ex-wife was pregnant with my second child is when it happened. Wow. Not a good time. And a lot of, it was just very overwhelming and stressful. And it made me, it made me question my career. It made me question a lot. So a lot of just personal growth. You, it's adversity. That was, that was great adversity. That's South African adversity to have <laughs> yeah. a stroke. Yeah. Like where you don't know how am I going to survive? What will this be? And I thought, I'll just be a writer. I'll just be... I'm like, I'm because you to thought you couldn't act? Or you I couldn't thought perform. I couldn't do anything. First off, I slurred all my words when it first happened. I needed uh, like a cane to walk. I used a golf club because wow. I thought it was funnier. But I was... <laughs> I, and I was maybe... When I had it, I was six weeks or two months shy of starting. We'd already filmed the hour, but of starting the first season of Curb. But what was great for Curb for me, because it's improvised, was that was like going to a, um, you know, helping to recover. Rehab. Yeah, it was like rehab. Rehabilitation. I had to say words and there's a Those lot of... Those skills. Well, the cutting room... By the way, if you watch the episode and you know this now, the first season... So you're saying the whole thing was improvised, by the yeah, way? Yeah, we oh, we're going to go back Kerb, to that. Curb is improvised. Yes. Amazing. From a story that Larry David writes. Amazing. Yeah, but okay. the scenes are... Just natural chemistry. Yeah, we, 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 we film a scene and then we, or we do a take. And then Larry, myself, and uh, the director, other producer, Jeff Schaefer, we discuss it. We make adjustments. We do it again. But we're making it up, wow. which is delightful. Yeah, I think it shows because there yeah. is that organic chemistry. Well, it feels, yeah, loose. And, you yeah. know, whereas on the Goldbergs, they want me to get every line exactly right, which I resent. Mm. Not I'm a writer, so I understand. But... You got to kind of know you're the Goldbergs. You're not, uh, you, this is going to be a reference you will not get, none of you will get, but uh, you're not Patty Chayefsky. Patty Chayefsky was one of the great film and, play, film and playwrights that ever lived. So I'm saying it's like, I understand if I'm doing a Patty Chayefsky play. He did the movie Network he wrote. He wrote just so many beautiful things. But I understand every there's a purpose. But I'm on a half hour sitcom that's not that sort of magical reality about the '80s, and I say a word that's not the same word, but it means the same thing, and I know it has nothing to do with the comedy. Leave me the fuck alone. But I do it. Yeah, a little nitpicky instead yeah, of is. instead of yeah. it is, and I I get not too upset. I go, really? Like, that'll be a big one. Really? All right, I'll do it again. Well, it's got to be stifling as an artist. You know, so it's, it's very yeah. stifling. What, what it does is it takes joy out of the work. Uh. And I'm not, and by the way, I give the writing great respect. I learn it. I, you know, I'm not in my head trying to remember the words. And just the nuance of what they, you know, it's all, preparation is everything. And for me, when I make... When I make a movie as a director, my preparation is the most intense part of the whole process. When I, when I'm learning, I mean, I'm learning the lines. I anything when I do stand up. All right, I'll give you an example. First time I did David Letterman, I 
first time. I went around. It's crazy. I went around and I I worked on my set. I must have done my set 300 times. Wow. So when I got out on David Letterman, I ain't thinking about what's in my set. Mm. I ain't thinking. Of, I even did it the night before in the Ed Sullivan Theater to a darkened Ed Sullivan Theater on my mark. Well, that's what I Miles Davis. <laughs> that's what Miles Davis said about music. Like he would. So you practice perfectly, but when you get on stage, there are no mistakes. None. It's an adventure. You're going on it. But your practice, you know what your practice is? Your craft. That's what the practice. So when I go at the comedy, when I go up at the comedy store, for example, what that's the equivalent to is I'm a professional athlete and I'm lifting weights or I'm running Mm -hmm. routes as a wide receiver. Like that's the, the practice that goes in. So I'll do a million sets, which I start in August around town and then I'll be on the road and I'll still do sets around town. Even though I'm filming, I love doing it. It's like, um, but that's, that's how I, that's how, that's how all right. I'm really proud of my Netflix special, our man in Chicago. I filmed it before the pandemic. It is who I am as a man, who I am as a comedian and thank God for every aspect of it. It is exactly what I wanted to put out. But the only way that that would become, the only chance it had of being magic in that moment was the 9 million sets that I did previously. Wow. That's the freedom from all the hard work for shows that I did for 10 people, shows that I did where I was on fire and maybe 30 people saw it, but they all count. They don't count, they count in terms of prep. That's all. 100%. And prep is everything. I take prep seriously and post seriously in anything I do. Like I, the, like Wheel of Fortune, when I filmed it, I was really funny, I thought. And I, I well, I thought it because people reacted that way and I scored and I felt good. But I will never watch it. Really? I'm not in charge of the editing. I don't know what's going to make the cut. So Okay, so, you, so you can't watch when, when you have no... When you, ah. I rarely watch the Goldbergs. Rarely watch the Goldbergs because I am not creatively involved. Ah. It's someone else's vision. So enjoy. You're paying me as an actor. Wow. Um, curb your enthusiasm. I'm one of the producers. I'm heavily involved with when we shoot the scenes. Well, you direct. You've scenes. directed as well. I have directed, and I've directed my own movies and stuff. But Curb is creatively much more exciting than uh, Goldberg's for me. So when you... it's not my show. And ultimately, by the, and by the way, I've given in to the fact on Curb, my job as a producer and as an actor is to help tell Larry David's story. But Larry David is the equivalent of who I mentioned earlier, Patty Chayefsky. Larry David, if he told me to say something in a certain way, I am just going to trust him mm-hmm. and do it. But when I'm on a regular sitcom, a commercial Delightful, don't get me wrong. I'm <laughs> proud to be on the Goldbergs and people love it. But I'm not, that's not my, I'm not part of the process. So if I'm not part of the process, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, so I've that makes sense. I've done half of my career easy, I've never seen. Like wow. if you go on my IMDb, IMDb page and you see all the movies and TV shows I've been in, know that at least half I've never seen. Huh. Wow. Because it's about the joy of doing it. And I'm lucky if I'm an actor and it's someone else's vision, if I have a good time and I feel creative. Now, if I did, if I did a Scorsese movie, yeah, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah. I, with the artistry, and I'm not, by the way, 
The writers on the Goldbergs are excellent, and I love all the people, just not my jam. Yeah, well, it makes everyone so lucky for you. You have a variety of jams. I mean, you're I variety, yeah, you variety of jams. That's you my do. <laughs> Jeff Garland, variety of jams. Big bowl of jams. Big bowl of jams. There yeah. we go. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you really have. So, you've worn so many different hats, mm-hmm. and and so I, I was very curious about you know differences between performing versus being on the production side and being right. involved. And so it sounds to me like you enjoy both, but yeah. the director and the you know and the producer in you it cringes when it's out of your hands right. as far as watching the final product. Right. Yes. Cringes would be the right word. Yeah. Because the odds are I'm gonna not like it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's why I don't watch the Goldbergs. I know there's nothing to gain. And by the way, I love the other actors. I love the crew. I love everybody. It's just not my style. My style is South Park. My style is Curb, which if I wasn't on it, I would watch it because <laughs> that's my style. I mean, I everyone's love, watching. And it. then there's things that aren't that funny, but I'm fascinated by that are in the comedy category, like Barry on HBO. I love that show. Bill Hader was just on Curb this season. Bill's, I'm a huge, I have so much respect for Bill Hader. And Alec Berg, who used to work on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, is the writer with Bill Hader. I love that show. Doesn't make me laugh hard, but I love it. Then there's a show, what's the show with the actor and his friends? Entourage. Entourage. I was on it once. I'm friendly with them. (laughs) Now, I watched a lot of episodes, and I said this, and I felt bad about it. I was on their Entourage podcast. Wait, which episode were you on? I couldn't tell you. Okay. Uh, But I played a gay writer. Oh, I got to hear. It's very small. Can I hear the vocal that you used? Was your voice the same? I had to make that choice. I, I... my voice was like this. Okay. Uh, I That's kind that, of cool. Well, by the way, I also, I can do a very effeminate man. I don't like, she came in here the other day and she wanted me to cut her bangs. And I said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> you? So I can do an effeminate hairstylist, whatever. But I felt like, no. And it wasn't that I was afraid to do that. I just felt... It's too much because in the dialogue, dialogue, I I leave the meeting because I have to go get a Manny Petty. Like there, there were a lot of gay things already there. And I thought, I don't want to be like this caricature, you know, a a caricature of a, a, you know. Yeah, so stereotypical. Respect for, you know, no, I don't do that. It's like I'm watching a, look, I am not about, I'm about civil rights. That's. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, affiliated with this group called People for the American Way that Norman Lear started in the 80s. It was just about the religious right getting involved in politics. Now, I do believe in the religious right, and I believe in their beliefs, like you have a ball. Just don't tell me what to do. And, <coughs> excuse me. Our government, I believe, should be the, how it was created, the American way. I had a point for this. This is what happens. I go on a tangent. Well, we're I'm talking gonna... about your gay character. Oh, so <laughs> I believe in civil rights. I believe if you're in transition and you want me to call you a blue pen, I'm in. Just tell me. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know otherwise. Yeah. My nephew was on stage with a, I don't know what to say, but to him, it looked like, a, looked like a woman. It was okay. someone who was born a woman. He's on stage. He referred to her as a woman. They got off stage, and she screamed at him. Uh, Where did you get off? No, no, no. Tell me. Yeah. I'll do it. 
I'll do anything. And I do believe that person has civil rights. We all have equal civil rights. I do believe that when you own a Target store, every type of person should be employed there. I don't believe that when you're looking for a first chair violinist that you worry about what color they are, what their sexuality is. You worry about how fucking great are you as a violinist. And I feel that way about comedy. That's why I said, if I had a show and my entire writing staff was Chinese women who dress like Abe Lincoln, who were in transition, let's go, (laughs) daddy-o. Tell me what to call you. And if all of you are different, I'll learn them all. And uh, you're welcome because you're the funniest people. You're not... It's merit-based. We talk merit about based. art. You know, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't have like but affirmative art, but, action. But also football and base. But I also believe that if it comes down to a tie, you go with the person with the different skin color or the different if it's a complete and utter tie, because no, 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 no. The, uh, people have gotten screwed for far too long. But merit-based, that's how you get in there first. So I um yeah, that's my... Uh, and I look forward to that being no longer having to be a conversation we have to have. Oh, know? well, by the way, a friend of mine, uh, she's an actress. I think she refers herself as a she, She, but she's... Uh, Formally. She's bisexual. Okay. She Okay. And she's delightful. And her Instagram post the other day was saying that she's sick of being referred to as brave. If I'm kissing another woman, that I'm brave. Mm-hmm. No... I want it just to be love. And then I wrote on there, you know, she knows the way I think, all I see is love, you know, because she's right where it's not. Unfortunately, in the times we're in now, it needs to be a conversation, but it doesn't, it it shouldn't continue for long. It should just be, yeah, he's black. We shouldn't be celebrating. It's like, okay, it's normal. And by the way, but on the flip side, I always taught my children, if you're with somebody that is a different skin color, different religion, different sexuality than you, see the difference and accept the difference and know what the difference is and know what their point of view is. So I'm not like everybody's the same, but we need to accept everybody and minimally civil rights. That's like minimum that we all have the same rights. All of us, you know, so... There you go. Hi, I'm, I'm with you 100%. No, so I was watching this commercial, and I never get mad at this stuff. And I just thought, how out of touch. And car something, it was a car thing. Guy pulls up to a gate of a big house, presses the button, and um, woman answers, white woman. And behind his truck, is there a car, there's a car with a ribbon on it, and he's, they're delivering her car. And she, they're like, what's, what's the, um, what's the uh, uh, code, he asks. And she gives him some code, you know, whatever it was. It was supposed to be funny. It wasn't funny. <laughs> Gate opens, end of commercial. It says car, whatever. Get the car of your dreams you want. Yeah, if you're a rich white woman with a gate, why would you ever? I don't care, by the way, if they're white people. This is people, not a relatable commercial. It's not on any level. The driver's not even black. No one is of any color. And it's like your car's being delivered, your new car, to your... And I thought, who the fuck approved this? This is insane. Because I'm not about political correctness. Do not get me wrong. I am not. There's things that would bother people that don't bother me at all, especially people without sense of humor. 
But this, yeah. I'm not saying everybody's got to be black, the driver's got to be Chinese, whatever you have. But come it's on, bad man. Bad business, though. Bad it's business bad. annoys the it's shit bad. out of me. It's bad. It's just, it's, for me, it's the business like mentality. Because I'm like, who are you trying to appeal to? You know, right. right? So that annoys me, too. Another thing that annoys the shit out of me is when you go to dinner and you don't get your fucking drinks and you're waiting for like 30 minutes and then the food comes and I'm like, you're so stupid. You're missing out on, I would have had two drinks by now. Right. The bill would have been five times as much. So it's like, it's not that I'm really upset by the service. And I'm like, where's this, like, common sense you know <laughs> well, that's also called a restaurant you don't want to go back to and i'll tell you why because great restaurants won't allow their waiters to be that way yeah yeah it's true and so what no, else is everything. slipping by the way ballet parking and this is third i love the third world problem thing which are in my head because people say it all the time but <laughs> when you go to a fine first world first world yeah, first Valley world. parking yeah. is not a third world <laughs> problem, <laughs> for the record. Thank you. I screwed that up. But you, but you knew what I meant. I mean, I and want... so the best valet parkers are at your best establishments, whether it's a restaurant or whatever. And then if you go to a shitty place and the valet parkers, you know they're nickel and diamond. Everyone's oh, yeah. nickel and Same diamond. with like the dirty bathroom. If a bathroom's oh, dirty. Well, that was oh. Anthony Bourdain's thing. Oh, was his, that his joke? In his book, it was like oh. his thing. If you go into a restaurant and you use the restroom, the restroom's dirty, leave. Just but, leave. But at the same time. And I've done it! <laughs> I was with friends. Friends think I'm nuts. Like, I'll be right back and go to the bathroom. Not to yeah. check it out. Wash my hands, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever. And then but that's I go, kind of an American I've come, rule. I've come back and said, <laughs> hey, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Did you at least pay the check? No, no, it's before we <laughs> ate. Before you ate, okay. Yeah, that's good. But that's kind of more of an American rule because you go to Mexico in some of the best spots, man. I'm, I'm not going to use the bathroom, no, but give me one of those tacos. The best Mexican <laughs> food here are trucks, usually. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's not It's not that. It's, like, <laughs> it's a restaurant way, rule. Anthony Bourdain knew that, you know what I mean? But he's saying Of course, gen, no one knew it better. In general. Yeah. In general. But yes, there's places that's around like a first the world, world rule. that have a, a dirt floor in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm honored to be here. Dirt floor, yeah. <laughs> no. So God, I have so many. It's gonna kill me. I hate that I can't. I don't have my. Cheat I'm all sheet. good. I love it. Well, um, I, well, I want to talk about so many things. I want to talk about you. Well, I'll come back again. Okay, really? Yes. Can we please? Because sure. I'm so okay. I'm done. very busy though. I'm very successful. I know. Yes, we I know will, this. Yeah, but you're I here will, now. I you will, think? <laughs> I'm on like a little break right now. It'll get. But I will. Come you have back. a whirlwind ahead of you with this tour. Oh, and, and I also am starting to film in August. Before I go on tour, I'm starting to film the Goldbergs again. So um, right. So and and I, I'm sorry. Like and we're gonna get to a lot more questions about Curb, but um, I don't need questions. But whatever you're interested. I, in. Well, I mean, I, I got my I listeners. Ask I got lots of questions. There's definitely your, some... <laughs> your listeners are maybe would want to know. I, they know. will. They okay. will absolutely. Um, I mean, is this the last season? Uh, every season, I think, could be the last. Season. Oh, so you don't I, know. I, by the way, I've never known. Okay. I think once I knew we were. You've never known, so the whole thing is, and that's cool no. because you're like bring a game. And every also. Time. One season we had like an eight-year break or a seven-year break. I think it was seven years. So you just don't mm, know. Mm. So could this be the last season? Yes. Could there be one, two more seasons for sure? Or could it be a break? Even possibly yes. No, it won't be a break. Okay. That's for sure. Okay. I know. Where Larry's age now and everything—it's not break time. He went and did a Broadway play. Did some other things. Wow, he needed good a, for him. He needed a break. And by the way, I think back when he first quit Seinfeld, the last two seasons, I think if he would have been able to take a break. Mm, he really? would have stayed with the show because the ideas would keep coming. You know, I, I think sometimes you get burnt out. I'm really burnt out right now. I've been filming Goldberg's and Curb. The I was lucky enough to work during the pandemic. Very stressful until I got my shot. But um, 
I, I was very grateful, but I'm exhausted. You I've seem like you've been, yeah, go, go, go this whole pandemic. It doesn't I've seem been like. Go, I've been go for far too long. Ugh. Yeah. And, but and by the way, Norman, I don't know if you know Norman Lyris, who's 99 years old, he's going to be turning 100. He created All in the Family, all these great TV shows, and he's a hero of mine. And uh, I, I remember running into him on the set at Sony, and he said, how are you? I said, I'm so tired from being busy. He goes, no, busy's good. Yeah. And, when, and at the time he said it to me, he might have been 96. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, no, no, I'm yeah, going to stay. Well, busy's great. You yeah. know, I think that... Rolling Stone. Gathers no moss. Gathers no moss. That's yeah. correct. Uh, I think in about five years, I will, as I do lots of different things, I think I will narrow down at 64, I will go, no, I'm going to do this for the rest of my career, i.e. make movies, do stand-up. I'll, I'll let myself do two Focuses. Things. You'll have two focuses. Things. Yes, I will not. And what will they be? Don't know yet. Okay. I'll discover, and I've never had a five-year plan. My entire life was just about getting better, growing, experiencing. But I now, for the first time in my life, at 59 years old, I'm currently in a five-year plan. And it's not hardcore. It's impro it's it's uh, an outline that I'm seeing where I go. You know, I think that's uh, it's really cool. A that you've accomplished this much without planning. But the quote that I didn't that didn't come to me is uh, planning is everything, but plans mean nothing. Right. And so and so I think just the process well, of planning. Well, it might be a John Lennon. Maybe somebody said it before him, but John Lennon said, oh, "Man makes plans, God it, laughs." Yeah, yeah. So you just you you you. That's why I know well enough in my life experience. I have an outline of what I want to see and take care of for the next five years. I'm still on the, the what they call that the, um, the you're, mouse wheel. Yeah, uh, the wheel. Yeah, yes, yeah, you yeah. Know exactly. Yeah. What I'm talking oh yeah. About. And um, I want to get off. Okay. I, I've been doing this since I'm 20 years old. So I think at 64, I'll just focus on one or two things. Right. And you won't Hopefully and, and even one. The thing. the thing is, you're not going to be off. You'll be moving at a slower pace on that. Without wheel. a doubt. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I also learned during the pandemic, which was a big thing for me to learn, especially with ADD, was to. Well, I have ADHD. Mine's different. No, it's the same thing. Well, just I'm just hyper as shit. No, no, That's no, 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 no. I call it ADD. Oh, okay, okay. That's what they used no, to No, we got a similar, they, they, they you switched. know, yes. yeah, you're a hyper guy like me. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of, yeah. uh, when I'm working, I'm bouncing up. Like, let's go. I'm really into yeah, it. Yeah. Like, the energy that I spend being present here with you and talking is a lot. I'll get in the car and I might even start sweating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I do the well, red carpet. I mean, it is carpet, hot, too, though. In I, yeah, it's very hot and I have a black car. <laughs> but when I, like, do the Emmys, uh, the red carpet, uh, so often... It's really hot when the Emmys are in September, which mm. is really hot days. And when I go through the red carpet, I'm dry, calm, mm. yeah. doing the interviews. Yeah. The minute I get to the end, it's as if someone turned a faucet on. Wow. How faucet. about with stand-up? I, 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 same exact thing. I do never sweat on stage, minimally at most. I'm relaxed. That's part of the key to having joy. But I go back to my dressing room, and I'll sweat a little, then I'll... I don't wow. sweat. I'm not a big sweater, but um, wow! So you're a true performer. I mean, can I ask yeah. though? Like, I mean, and all, that's obvious. But can I ask? Has that always been? Like, did that develop throughout your career? Both. What I mean by that is, as a kid, I said I was eight years old. I never. I was never shy. I'm. I'm. It's a combination of being incredibly shy, but also my two sides. I'm a Gemini. My two. Sides I was going to ask about this. My, my two sides are gregarious. Or pensive. Oh, or pensive. Are, I'm quiet, I'm thinking, 
or I'm like, hey, mm. and when I do the hey, it's uh, uh, a lot of energy. I think those are my two sides too. I don't what know. sign are you again? I'm Aries, but we talked about this. Remember? Okay, so I told Sarah and Jake yesterday. I was like, "So I know he's the Gemini. I'm gonna like you know, gotta I'm gonna ask." You want to hear this? <laughs> my mother was an Aries. My brother was an Aries. My uh, ex-wife was an Aries. Both of my children are Aries. No way! Both your boys are Aries. Yep. And my dad was a Gemini, and I. Gemini. Wow. So, so Aries and so Gemini. If you're not Aries or Gemini, together. get the Aries fuck and, out. Aries and Gemini are good together. No, no, totally. Even though I'm oh, divorced, I, I knew this. I, I, my, my, <laughs> that wasn't the. I, uh, yeah. I, I, by the way, I always say. Wait, this what was your wife it. though? Aries. Oh, your wife. Everyone was Aries. I was surrounded by Aries, and um, congratulations. You know, it you're was, welcome. It worked, I, I like Aries. I'm, I'm pro Aries. Aries, <laughs> Aries are great. I mean, we're great, but we're de we deaf, stubborn. I mean, they like, I mean, you can, that, the energy swings in all directions. <laughs> right. So right, it's right, like, it's right. across the board. Right. But I too, so, so it's funny, right? So I'm like, I know he's a Gemini. So I guess I can ask, you know, if he's into horoscope, if he, if he thinks there's any oh, merit I do, in that. I believe in all of that. See, and we were, they were I like, hell believe, no, I bet I you he does it. I, I and I was like, in, I bet I, you he does that. I believe in ghosts. And I told you, I believe in the universe. I am a believer. Yeah, yeah I love that. I yeah, love I'm that. I'm open. Yeah. You know, that's what a liberal the, okay, used to that's be. The thing. When you'd hear the term liberal, oh my it was God, like about being open-minded. I like this guy so a, much. Uh, open-minded <laughs> as opposed to now, it's just being the opposite it's side of the aisle. It's finger-pointing. It's alienating. It's, well, it's, it's, you know. It's too, it's too Toxic. Much. It's toxic. By the way, it is toxic. It's toxic. But it's changing. I think I mean something's got to give. The two, no, I mean, it already gave. We're yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> I love Life that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. So I said like, okay. So I wonder. We're also raising children and young people to not have the closed-mindedness of older white people. Right. So right. the viewpoints of the world, like my, you know, my kids went to. We saw to it that they went to school with kids of all different types, financially and. You know, even if it was a private totally school, it was one that gave a lot of scholarships. Oh my god! Yeah. That I would help them make money. To, like the point being is, they were around everything, and so. And by the way, even sexually, you don't need to apologize so for sending many, your kids to great private no, no, school. No, but by the also, way. <laughs> I think that sexuality is a lot more fluid than it's ever been amongst younger people. Yeah. Oh, so, I absolutely. Where, That's so the world is changing. Yeah. Don't get caught up in these old white guys. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, yeah, as far as like sexual or you know, so, you know, LGBTQ and you know, embracing all, all of it. It's all it's all getting better. However, where I I do I'm like, there's something. When will there be a change? The two party system, the bipartisanship. So you're talking about mm -hmm. like left and right. That that's just so toxic. Because yeah, but it worked for years. You know, I've had conversations with friends of mine that are, I became a Democrat only this past election. I wasn't independent because I was so liberal. Like in terms of, like I'm not extreme. Like I always say, if you go extreme to the left, you end up at a party with David Duke. I don't know if you know who <laughs> David Duke is, but he was like the, the first real racist politician guy that I Oh, ever is that right? Okay. Oh, yeah, he was out of control. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Louisiana. They exist on He's both sides. He's still around, you know, uh, uh, per se. But the, when I was a kid, a Republican was somebody who was more conservative. The term being more conservative, not extreme, yeah. not people don't have rights. It was a different way. And so, yes, Democrats and Republicans were on either side of the aisle, but they worked together. 
There was no this extreme. What was extreme back then is not extreme, is, is nothing compared right. to now. Now that whole thing is just disgusting. How do you think the left and the right have changed? Gotten more extreme. Both of them more extreme. In Both the same more direction. Extreme. Yeah, they go to the left. And, and, and uh, the right plays dirty and the left always looks for the best and they don't find it because they need to play dirty. Too. And when you go to the extremes I'm talking right, about. Right. But by the way, I'm not a political dude. I really, I don't talk about politics on stage. I don't talk oh, about you don't at all. or religion. Or, um, I will talk about it as it affects me on a real deep personal level. But I don't, like when I read the New York Times, man, I just get angry. I don't look at it and go, that'll make a great story. I'm not Bill Maher I can't, or John Stewart. I can't do that. But I'm saying, <laughs> no, no, what I'm saying is he gets angry. He can make light of but, it. But yeah. he's funny about yeah. what's going on. May right. not even agree with him all the time, but he's funny about it. I can't make that funny. I know that about myself. I yeah. can't. So for me, it's all about the human condition. And unless that crosses over into my human condition, I don't talk about it. And inevitably, it would only be funny to, you know, about half of your audience, you know, because not everyone finds, like, even even Bill Martin, like, you know, some of his humor. Oh, by the way, I, I, for a period, I did this just as, like, for fun for me. I would say, okay, I'm going to get real political now. The audience faces... Went to terror, de- depression. <laughs> terror. Yes. I like you so much. Don't fuck it up, Jeff exactly. Garland. It was terror and depression. And then the bit was basically, and I kind of mentioned it earlier. The bit was whenever I'm overwhelmed by something political in the world, I um, I go in my backyard and I have this one tree I like looking at, and I go look at that tree, and there's a breeze, and the breeze goes through the tree, and I go, yeah, everything's okay, and I go back in. Wow, that was me being political. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that was like, uh, so they're like so happy. They applaud it. They're like happy. <laughs> but I'm not even going to do that anymore because it's just fucking with people. Yeah. Even, <laughs> even if it is a sweet way, it's still, I, I have no interest. In that, that would be a good joke pre-election because tensions are just so crazy high. Yeah. So, but, 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 you know, but. Um, I just don't want to talk about it unless it affects me. It just became so yeah. overwhelming. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. And I think a change is inevitably happening. And, um, and it's so nice to hear. I, I know that you don't make talk about these subjects yeah. on stage so thank you for sharing them well, here. no i'll talk about them anytime you know yeah but you don't joke about them in your bit well no i would if there was a point to me doing it or i could do it successfully what i'm saying is when things are really toxic i can point out the hypocrisy i can point out all the things intellectually i can't make them funny and that is my job uh-huh. so if i can't make it funny I don't put it in there. I don't talk about it. Or I'll talk about it once because I improvise. And then I'll go, that's gone. Are there any other subjects that are... No, I don't have a taboo. Yeah. Like, there's no rules. I just don't. Yeah, cool. So that way, if I want to, I do. But but no, I don't have anything. And by the way, every... Okay, so in the time we're in now, political correctness to the hilt. Oh, man. And also Never been a time like this left one. Left and right complaining. Great about time to this. be a comedian, huh, Jeff? Well, no, it is. I'll t- I'll <laughs> is you, it? I'll tell you why. Because what's funny has not changed. Who's funny has not changed. What has changed is the guy who works for a corporation who thinks it's funny to put himself on blackface on his Facebook page, guess what? He's out of a job. That part we like. See, I think leave it to the pros. But I'm even talking about, you look at comedians, 
I'm just going to go comedians. I'm not going dentists, which is, and these percentages are probably true in everything. Two thirds of people who do what I do are suck or are mediocre at best. No, they're not even mediocre. I got they more just, questions about that. They, they, they just blow. And but like, so, do they blow off screen, off stage, but they do well on stage? No, like, no, no. Just suck Well, by the way, those are the ones that have figured out the craft. See, right. people figure out the craft and they go up and do it, but they're not really inherently funny. Right. And there's nothing special about them. And but they're good performer. The, no, they're, they're, they're good at doing the craft. They probably lack in performing. Mm. They might be strong mm. writing. Okay. No, no. so. Writing, so, you're right, absolutely, strong so, writing. So, but the third... Nothing in the world is going to affect anyone because you're funny and you're meant to say funny things. And truly, if someone's funny and it's truly funny and someone's offended, that person doesn't have a sense of humor. Oh, 100%. And then there's a lot of those. Well, we just had Frankie Ignoni from the, one of the producers of South Park on the show. And we uh, talked, it was like, you know, if someone who's taking offense at South Park, it's like, if you can't laugh, if, if you're offended, by A. The way, but it's so. <clears throat> South Park is unequivocally the funny to me the funniest show ever. And I am right there with you. And they they don't even have a a, a border. They don't push yeah. they don't push anything because they just do what they do. Isn't that nice? That's they don't have funny. a horse in the race. They're not they're not really like they're no, just like everyone's like, but you know, the at risk. they do could piss people off. And yeah. yes, you're completely right. But I think I think a lot of people don't have a sense of humor. Yeah. So, and th those people, to those people, I say, just take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, you know, and don't wake up anytime. Don't ruin it for the rest um, of us. <laughs> Can you imagine actually spending, t like, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to make angry tweets in, like, the replies. But by the imagine way, I, oh, yeah. by the, by the way yeah. I don't you know. think that they think of it even that far. I think they just like, put all right. So I'm on the radio in Chicago the other day. And the Chicago Cubs are my favorite baseball team. And the Cubs are one of the few teams in Major League Baseball that haven't got to the 85% threshold of being inoculized, okay? They've not gotten their shots. And it doesn't oh, wow. look like they're going to hit it. Which means for the rest of the season, they got to wear masks. they wow, got to be tested every day. Yeah. It's a competitive disadvantage. So I said on the air, I believe, this is my belief, I said, that everyone, unless there's some doctor's warning for you, should be, it's, it's, about, it's being about the human condition and making, like we're never gonna get to a, you know, a level where we all are free of it. We'll probably have to get shots every year now. You know, and so, and by the way, uh, I know I'm jumping around. Well, anyhow. Oh, it's okay. I got my no, mental but, notes. I'm taking But I also was talking about the golfer, I forgot his name, who had a six-stroke lead in a golf, a big golf tournament recently, and then he had COVID and he was disqualified. And I went, he had wow. never gotten his shots, and I went, good, good. <laughs> I hope people see this. Good. And my favorite baseball team, they are at a competitive disadvantage. So I talked about this. Well, somebody wrote me on Instagram because I do read when people put the ones when they don't follow. Like, okay, you I mean, read the, the DMs, yeah? I, I look. Okay, I yeah. just look and, it, you know, and I don't get Randomly many, look, yeah. I don't get, I don't, really don't get mean ones mostly. But this guy called me a bunch of names, swore. He was really dark. And it I was wrote back. It was political, huh? Well, no, I wrote back and I said, I don't know what, he didn't mention mm. the radio. And I, I, went, I go, I go, I go, I understand if you don't think I'm funny, I'm not for everyone, but 
where'd all this anger and name calling come from? And then as I read, I went, wait, did you listen to ESPN and you don't like what I said? Mm. I go, it was just a take. Anyhow, ultimately with the dude, he wrote me the most beautiful note after we went back and forth. And wow. he never, it was never fighting because I only approached him with kindness and positivity, invited him to one of my shows in Chicago because he said he was embarrassed that I'm from Chicago, like in the first thing with swear words. Um, and he said, you really caught me off guard. You, you were kind and thoughtful. And we discussed this. And he goes, I, I don't think I'm ever going to write somebody like this again, oh. where it's just anger coming out of me, which it is for a lot of those people. That's why I don't think those people even think about, I'm going to do this today. They just are on autopilot. And some yeah. people love, like I get ones where I know it's just about trying to get a Get reaction. your attention. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But, it, but in general, when this was really mean, and I was just kind, and that's how I approach anyone that's kind. It sounds to me like it I mean, wasn't. Mean. It sounds to me like it wasn't just mean. It was like, whoa, you're trying to understand where is this level of reaction coming from? Without us, yeah. Because if it's just to... mean, you don't give a shit. But if it's like, it no, seems like it, it was, was convicted. So, yeah, it was so strong that I was like, what's going on, man? And when I mentioned the thing, he goes, yeah. He goes, and he also was a guy who believed in shots. He goes, but that's oh, every, wow. because he goes, but I think that's everyone's decision. I said, oh, well, wow. just, I go, it was just a take for me. And my take is it's not up to the individual. Go out there. If you're part of the human race and get inoculized. Just it's beautiful it. that you can have that conversation because I mean that's yeah, I and that's like exactly well, how it should the be. Politics. Least, yeah. That's with the, the right and the left. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. See the other person's point of view. Discuss it. Come to a place where you can work together. This attitude of like black or white, which we've seen. Yeah. Really. But you know, but here's the thing. It's funny. As you were telling that story, I was reminded of my, one of my stories with a hater. Similar. Uh -huh. a, you know, we call them like trolls, right? Yeah, trolls. Um, that's yeah, what trolls, they are. Yeah. Well, the trolls are the ones that are just trying to get a rise out of you. That right. guy wasn't a troll. That guy was pissed off and he wanted to yeah. punch me in the face. But similarly, like even though I was dealing with a troll. He, so here's the thing. He, he was also still a troll too, though, because the way he communicated that message to you was right. trolling. If he had said, hey, you know what? This is what I think. You would have had a different reaction. Oh, I mean, yeah, 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 right? yeah. It was very so negative. He yes. was, yeah, so he was trolling even though he it turns out he had an interesting point and you guys right. were able to move past it right. however that's still trolling because he should he could have very well said hey i know you feel this way i'm actually pro this but i really don't think it was this and you can respond with i feel differently right but but luckily you got there i had an experience and this is like you know and this is so funny comparing it to my experience very different right. no. but um i had hit it was a big moment for me i'd hit like a certain following count on my uh, instagram and at the time i'd only really been sharing photos and so i shared this video and i felt so vulnerable with it because it's just my face right you know i'm usually like ah, you know so for just my face and I'm like you know thank you guys so much I hit like you know 500,000 followers was, you know I was excited and and I felt vulnerable when I posted I wrote this like thank you or made this film this thank you video that was really sincere and um and then I got it's and I'm like I never do this but I'm sitting there waiting for the comments to come in waiting to see what the reaction is and off bat right away I, I I too get very little hate I'm a big believer that the energy you put out is what you get back with Instagram with all the shit but and because I've dealt with very little and I have plenty of opportunity to um but so but immediately there's a comment and it's like yeah you hit half a million for showing your tits you dumb bitch like something really aggressive and I sat there and I was like ow ow like it hurt right and I was like and I was like all these things ran through my head I'm like oh I'm gonna be like hey 
like first I'm gonna be like fuck you and then I was like no 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 I'm gonna be like hey that was really mean and you hurt my feelings and I was like no 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 wait a second I, I, all these things all these different ways I could run through it uh, and it was also ironic because immediately after you posted this hate another person jumps on the bandwagon and responds also with hate so I'm like oh he's created this like cycle with some you know someone else. so I get these two guys right with hateful message and so I send the message to the first one and I I just say hey direct wishing or on the thing direct okay direct I leave the on my thing I not I don't entertain it on my comments because that will invite it um, so I directly message him. And I'm like, hey, no matter what you're going through, I'm sending you love. Because I'm like, who the fuck does it? Someone who needs some fucking love. And they're like, so I'm like, no matter what you're going through, I'm sending you love, right? Send two hearts. I'm like, oh, I'm big person vibes, right? And then I then I send another one to the other guy. And so I sit back. And, and then what happens is, okay, so first guy is the guy who responded with the negativity, like jumped on the bandwagon, right? First guy, so he responds first, the second commenter. And he goes, oh, hello. He, he was so stupid. He didn't even understand that I was the same person he had just commented hate on. He goes, hello, who are you? pretty lady and I was like I'm the one you just fucking trolled asshole you know I'm like okay so yeah no 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 I was like okay I'm done with this one that's all I need to know about this one so the other guy you delete or comments, you can. No, no, no. I didn't delete it. It was, a, it was like a, it was like a, a message. I'm like, you know, hate. I, I sometimes will. I, I delete most of those. But what's also fun is when you see your followers, you, your followers defend you. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like, don't do that. Which is, which I, I let them. Yeah. You know. I don't even pay. Look, okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, we're going to go back to this. The second, because the one who really hurt me, right? The first one to leave a comment. Now I'm like waiting to see the reaction. And the immediate, the reaction I get, the first thing he goes is, wow, I can't believe you said that after I wrote something mean to you. Like that, like I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was literally exactly, it was literally like somebody said, I'm really alone right now. And guess what? I take back what I said. Here's what happened. This was so gorgeous. Because now I remember because you asked this question. So he goes, I'm, now I take back what I said and I hope you're so successful. I hope you had a million followers soon right and then and then you go and then he goes by the way i went back i deleted my comment and he deleted it himself and i was by like, the way my guy did that too you know the conversation you can delete the conversations he unsaid he, yeah he, he, he kept the last long beautiful thing that he wrote but all the mean things delete yeah. delete and i'm good with it yeah. great man yeah. that you did it on your own yeah yeah i think that look i think what is it my therapist says if it's hysterical it's historical so I think that these are people that just need a pet on the head, love. Yeah. And if they knew you as a person, they would never even think that. All right. And that's all you get today, guys. <laughs> we have too much wonderful conversation to cut off anymore. So we split this episode into two parts. I hope you'll join us for part two of this conversation, not to be confused with the interview, with Jeff Garland.